Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. So in today's world of rapid um, technological innovation, roadmaps are no longer static. While your long-term vision could be somewhat stationary, as a product manager, you need to constantly figure out what you should be building next. Building your, or moving your product forward and uh, keep growing your product are some of the most important aspects of product management. And despite that, unlike other areas of product management, such as defining your MVP or figuring out your beta testing strategies and even defining pricing strategies, there aren't many good frameworks that are available that talk about how to continue to move your product forward and also figure out that big V next. So why am I telling you this? In my first job as a product manager, I was the second PM on the team. And this was in AWS. It was a product team in AWS. I was neither a cloud expert and nor a seasoned product manager. I was a fresh MBA grad, and I was asked to figure out how to move the product forward, what we should be building next. I was scared, and I thought that I would really fail. And after being in similar sort of situations a couple of times, I've actually developed my own framework that helps me and you know, guides me to move my product forward. And I want to share that framework with you guys here today because, after all, it's product school and product con. And what better opportunity than this to teach you a little bit about how to move your product forward and figure out that impactful VNEX so that you are not scared of, uh, to get into any product situation in future, wherever you go. So about me, I'm Pooja Gira, and I'm a principal product manager at Amazon Alexa. I'm also an instructor at product school in Seattle. So here's a little bit about my product management journey. I'm an engineer, so you know I have a very traditional path to product management. I started as a software developer and then worked my way up to management. And it was during about that time I figured that you know, I wanted to learn about the business side of things and also you know, figure out what career options are there. So I quit my job at Microsoft, and I decided that I wanted to pursue an MBA. At business school, I pursued a couple of different things, and launching the app that Brad talked about was also one of them. And basically decided that I wanted to come back into tech, and this time as a product manager. So as I talked before, I joined AWS as a product manager. And um, joining AWS was important because I felt that it would give me a very solid foundation on how products are built today, which is basically the cloud. And it was almost like getting a second MBA with a specialization in cloud. After that, I joined the Amazon Alexa team within the Smart Home org. Within Smart Home, our main aim is to figure out how to make uh, devices or Smart Home devices work with Alexa and also to figure out how to make Alexa work smarter for the customers. 
So I was the first product manager on the team where we were trying to figure out how to enable entertainment devices, specifically like things like TVs, to work with Alexa. I defined the version one of the product, and then obviously got through the approvals, and then worked with my awesome team to deliver and launch the product. And during about that time, I figured that, you know, what should we do to move the product forward? And I took a completely different direction. In fact, it was an expansion beyond my immediate domain and recommended that uh, we should actually think about sending more of Alexa's visuals or Echo Show-like experiences on TVs. Again, which, is, which was our VNext. So, you know, I keep talking about VNext as this, and this impactful product expansion. You might be wondering at this time, what is it? And why is it important? VNext is a major product expansion that basically moves the needle for your product. And when we talk about moving the needle, it means that it actually has a major impact on the business goals that you have set. And these business goals could be anything. It could be anything ranging from customer adoption, engagement, anything that you have defined for, the, for your business. And why is it important? It is important because in today's world, customers are smart, they are savvy, and they know that they have options. So you want to make sure that you're developing something that will actually keep them happy and satisfied. Along with that, uh, customers should know that when they adopt your product, you are, they are working with the product leader, and they will always get the best. Another reason why an impactful VNX is important is because it keeps you and your team motivated. Because isn't it cool to be working on something impactful and like, you know, cutting edge in tech? When you talk about you know, product launches, in companies, there's a typical process that is followed, which is basically you have like, you know, initial research and plan, then you go through your approval processes, then you go through your design teams, then you work with your engineering teams and, your, and to build the product, then you test the product, then you define your go-to-market strategy, and finally you launch the product. And throughout the process, there are like these feedback loops that help you refine the product as you move forward more in, the, in an agile manner. So what happens is that after you launch the product, uh, there is a, the, of course you start getting feedback, there's a lot of data that you start collecting, and during about this time, or a little bit before actually, you start figuring out what you should be building next. Now, addressing your most pressing customer complaints should be something that you should definitely address, and there's no second thoughts to it. However, when you talk about the, you know, what you do after, there are things that you can think about. First of all, you can work on some minor enhancements, or you can spend time and figure out what will be your next big product expansion. And at Amazon, we certainly uh, balance these two outs. In fact, figuring out BV next or a big idea is always a part of our planning process. So the framework that I talk about is pretty simple. It is called CDOT or it's nothing but an acronym for customer, data, organization, and technology, which are basically the areas that I research as I think about what will be the V next. And a fun way to think about it is basically I see the dot or see my business goals as I'm researching this area. So let's start with this. I always start with the customer. Now, I ask myself this question, who is the customer? What are their problems? And then how does my product actually solve their problems? At this time, you might wonder, well, we already have a launched product, right? We already launched the V1 of the product. And don't we know the customer? Don't we know their problems? 
actually, that is true, but when you're thinking about your V next, the strategy could be a little bit different. And here is a reason why. When you're thinking about product expansion in terms of customer, there are two dimensions in which you can expand your product. You can start with going broad, which is basically appealing to a larger set of customers, or you can go deep, which is a, a more, uh, having more features such that you have more engagement for your existing set of customers. And here are a couple of strategies uh, for both of these. So when you talk about, think about going broad, if you're a consumer product, you can think about going into the enterprise space or vice versa, Alexa for business, Airbnb for work, and even Facebook for work are like classic examples of that. You can also think about expanding geographies. You can talk about, you know, think about international expansion. That's certainly uh, an important thing. An another thing to think about here is when, you went, again, talking about international expansion, is not only you're getting another set of customers, but you are also giving a consistent experience for uh, customers who travel internationally, Uber is certainly an example, right? When I travel international, I make sure, uh, or you know, I'm getting a consistent experience whether I'm here or anywhere else. Talking about you know, uh, deepening the features for the same customer segment, of course we've done that in Alexa, where we have like these different domains or different feature set for the same set of customers, which is music, uh, video, streaming, even smart home. And then, but you can also think about platform expansion. So let's say you build something for mobile, but you know that you are, you are, your customers are you know, very tech savvy. You can think about building business use cases for voice, for things like smart speakers, Alexa. You can think about wearables, um, AR, VR, automobile space, anything that appeals to your customer segment. Or you could also think about completeness. Um, and let's say you were a product, um, let's say you were an automation platform and you have automated about 30% of the tasks, you can think about um, automating the rest. However, completeness is a very tricky one. And I'll give you an example. So recently, I've been looking for a personal organizer that can you know, keep my tasks, my shopping list, and everything organized in one place. That sends me like automatic reminders. And um, you know, uh, embracing the Amazon principle of frugality, I was looking for something free. Who here doesn't love a free product, right? So I kept on um, researching and figured that one of the existing suite of products that I use will be, you know, something, uh, in, just an extension of that can be used for what I was looking for. And that's what I did. So, you know, just like a professional, you know, I pumped myself home on Sunday morning and I started entering all my tasks and everything in this tool. And come Thursday, uh, come Sunday evening, I am looking in my mobile and I don't see any of the tasks appear. And I'm like, what happened? I assigned so many things to my husband. Nothing is showing up. What happened here? Probably, you know, something that he did. Anyways, but I thought that, you know, um, uh, I messed up. So I started researching and I figured that the, uh, somehow the tasks are not integrated to the mobile version of the app. Although they are, like you can set up tasks to your laptop, but, but it's just not integrated in the mobile version. And I was, I was like done. I was like, and then when I researched, I also figured out it's the number one customer complaint. And they, dates back from 2011. I was like, what was this product manager thinking? Why did he not think about completeness and just finish this integration? 
On the other hand, within Alexa, again specific to my product, within entertainment devices, we certainly voice enabled a few functions, which were more critical and high frequency ones. But after that, instead of you know, voice enabling other functions such as brightness and contrast on TVs, which we don't think were you know, being that highly used, we took the product to a different direction. So you know, completeness is, again, these are examples to figure out, like you know, completeness is a very tricky one. And the way that you figure out whether you should think about completeness or any of these strategies or other strategies that you might think about, right? After all, product managers are creative people. You can figure out you know, a number of strategies. The thing that helps you figure that out is data. And that brings us to the next topic, which is data. Now, when you have a launched product, you are sitting on a wealth of information. Customer engagement, customer data, there's so much information that's available to you. And as long as you have the right permissions from customers, as well as you are complying to all the security, compliance, and privacy guidelines, you should be able to use that data to drive meaningful insights. Another place to actually look for data is market trends. There are reports that are out there. You can also do some competitive analysis. But what happens is sometimes you meet the market leader in that space. And when you are the market leader, these things may just not exist. So in that case, another way to figure out data is you could look at you know, surveys or doing some user research, user research. Of course, definitely a number of ways there. But your ultimate aim is that you get enough data so that you can figure out, out of those ideas that you, know you were thinking about, all those business cases that you were thinking about, which ones you should pursue next because you have only a finite amount of time. You want to make sure that you're only working on the meaty ones and they take, then taking them forward, whether it is to your leadership or validating it with customers. So the aim here is to make sure that the ideas that you are working with are increasing the intersection between your business goals as well as your problems with the customers. So you had a lot of ideas, right? You took it through the lens of customers, and now you're refining the ideas further, looking through an angle of data. The next thing to think about is organization. And there are two aspects to organization. The first one is experts. What happens is when you land in a product management job, it's not necessary that you are an expert in that field, right? But there is always a possibility that within the organization, there are a ton of experts. There are people who have spent enough time in the industry, um, and they can actually give you some ideas. They can tell you where you take the product next, uh, because they have spent time in the industry, and they know right, what the customer problems could be. So you can certainly reach out to them to get some ideas. And this is what I did with AWS. And uh, the other way to think about these experts is using them as sounding boards. Let's say you've refined your ideas through the lens of customer and data, and you can actually use these, you can actually uh, use these uh, experts to, uh, to just talk to them and figure out if this is the right direction for you to move forward. And I'm sure, like you know, there are lots of people who should, who, who will be happy to sit down with you over coffee and you know just give you their, uh, their what they are thinking in that sense. Another thing to think about, um, uh, think about organization is actually constraints, and which is an important topic. So those of you who raised your hands here, who were talking about start, who are working in startups, you might be able to relate with this. 
that you know, when you're working in a startup or a smaller organization, your areas of responsibilities are somewhat fluid. You wear multiple hats, and you can actually, when you identify an opportunity, you will be told to go figure out and fix it. But you may not have the resources to go and do it. On the other hand, if you're working with a big company, you or an established organization, you probably have a very defined area of responsibility. And when you think about, uh, you know, or propose an idea that is beyond your space, that could have organizational issues. Why? Because product managers are very, um, you know, ownership-driven people. And let's say that uh, you, let's say you are a consumer PM, and you wanted to propose something on the enterprise space. The enterprise person might not like it. It's just normal organizational stuff. And um, they might think that you're actually encroaching their territory. So I certainly faced a similar situation when I was building the v or proposing the VNX of the product because um, you know, it was going a little bit beyond my space. And uh, th this was the time where my Amazon leadership helped me a lot. They told me that you know, forget organizational boundaries. Don't think about that because organizations can always get realigned or reorged. Multiple teams, multiple PMs, in fact, can work together to uh, deliver one impactful product. Again, if it's the right thing for the customers. So, and that's exactly what I did. Another important point here is that you want to make sure that you are bringing the other PMs along. When you think means, you know, there are so many people who will be contributing to making your idea successful. So, it should become an our idea. Right, so bring everyone along and make sure you know um, that they are involved and they feel like they're part of the process. So one of the main, one of the ways to do that is either using them as experts or sounding boards. Both are like you know great ideas. And another team that you will bring in, that you will be bringing along is your engineering team, and this is really important. You know when you're working on products, you'll be working with a lot of teams, and you have to bring them, bring a lot of teams together. But your engineering team is the one who actually has to execute, right? That's why it's very important that you bring them along, and they're excited about the product. Now, what we talked about, we had a lot of ideas. We went through and took it through the lens of customer, data, organization. Now, the next thing to talk about is technology. Now, when you go talk to, uh, uh, talk to your engineering team, they are the ones who will tell you whether this is something feasible or not. So, as um, product managers, our role is to figure out use cases for a piece of technology. And that piece of technology, in my case, is certainly Alexa. But in today's world, that piece of technology could be AI and machine learning. You know, there are a lot of PMs who are trying to figure out use cases for using that, those particular technology in their products. So, when, but, but even if you're technical, like again, similar to my background, background, you still need your engineering team to validate that this is something feasible. So, and the reason is that, again, they are the experts, they have the tools, they have the uh, systems, they have, the, they, they have uh, the SDKs, they know, right, you know, how to build this product, and they will be able to tell you whether there is expertise available in the team, whether we need to do some hiring, or, you know, what will be the time to ship. 
the ultimate aim here is that, again, you keep refining, you could put, through the, put the idea through a funnel, and you keep refining uh, the ideas such that you ultimately end up at the golden egg, which you basically take forward, which is essentially the golden idea that you think is, will be your next, it will be your impactful V next. Now the next step is to pitch. You pitch the idea to your leadership. Now the important thing here to note is that whenever you're thinking about pitching, there were a lot of ideas that you might have rejected, right? The leaders gave you some ideas, your, your engineering team may have given you some ideas, again, working through that expert lens, right? But you want to make sure if there are ideas that you're not pursuing, you list it somewhere. And it's important because if, uh, whenever these meetings come up, it's important to tell them why you did not select a certain idea, why it was not important, and that's where all your research and why you know, using data, what you did, it's important to kind of show, show them all that work. So what happens now? You kind of figured out your golden idea, and the whole process starts again. You start, you, you're actually in your research and design, your research and plan phase, then you go through um, your approval process, and then your engineering, design, builds, like all that process starts again. So a lot of the times product managers come and tell me that, you know, they don't have the time to think big. You know, they are always busy in operational issues. Oh, I'm, you know, very close to launching this product. I'm working on this customer complaint. I just don't have the time. And I would say to all of them, find the time, right? And because it's really important, because you, in order to move your product forward, and again, especially in the age where you know, technology is changing every single day, you want to make sure that you are spending time to figure out what will be the big V next. And whether the time is you know, blocking your calendars, blocking yourself in the room, whatever it is, you have to find the time. To summarize here, so, everybody knows what's a V-next? Essentially, it is a, a major enhancement to your product that actually moves the needle for your product or service such that it has a big impact on your business goals. We went through the CDOT framework, but in addition to that, you know, as you grow as product managers, you will also start to build your own frameworks. Do not think about organizational boundaries, think big and deliver what makes your customers happy, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.